truth, perspective, and growth. This is the Michael Carroll Discipleship Podcast. You have a greater purpose in your life that extends beyond your own giftings, and that is to display the goodness and power of God and not your own. If every time you get into a situation or come against an obstacle and you are fighting against it in your own strength, then what are you displaying? Well, here it is. It's week four of the Purpose Series, and this is actually the final episode. This is wrapping everything up. We've been discussing the topic of purpose and how to find it throughout our lives. We've uh, approached the question, what is our purpose? Everyone listening to this podcast, everyone listening to this on the radio has asked themselves this question, what is my purpose in life? What am I doing as a Christian? What does God want me to do? We, we ultimately just want to fulfill that calling, uh, but we, we come up with all these obstacles. What does fulfilling our purpose look like? How does this affect our life? How do we go through obstacles? How do we, how do we deal with our emotions and all of this stuff? And this, the last three weeks, we've been tackling a lot of this this fourth and final episode, I want to wrap everything up together and give you super clear focus and clarity of what it looks like to walk out your purpose as a Christian. In this search for purpose as a Christian, the principle of our mind needing to be renewed is something that we learned was the foundation from what we build everything off of. Our minds must be renewed to God's word. Our minds must learn to think in a new way, ultimately for us to understand God's will. We must learn to think in a new way so that we can see the new thing that God is doing throughout the world. This led us into the fact that not only did our minds have to be renewed, but our mind, will, and emotions needs transformation as well. The way we feel, the way we live, the way things affect and cause emotions within us, they need transformation so that we can reflect God's culture and his value into his world throughout our lives. And of course, in order to experience transformation, this means that we need deeper inner healing and deliverance from those areas of our lives that have been damaged or negatively impacted by a broken world from broken people. We learned that it is through our healing we experience restoration and greater clarity of our kingdom purpose in our lives. And that's what I want to talk about today. I want to talk about how do you live the kingdom purpose, the kingdom agenda, the kingdom mission that Jesus left us all as Christians. How do you live with crystal clear clarity of your purpose in life? Pain comes, difficult circumstances come, life throws a wrench in your plans. How do we navigate all of this while staying focused on our purpose and finding greater meaning and clarity of what that purpose looks like? Well, I think it's very important before tackling the what ifs uh, to, to be super confident about the what is. In other words, before you can learn how to respond to the countless possible distractions, hindrances, or obstacles that may come against you and your purpose in life, you must first understand exactly what your purpose is is. And that's fair enough, right? You have to understand first what, what's going on, what you're called to do before you can overcome the things that come against you as you try to do that. In order for you to know the best route to take to go somewhere, you must first, of course, know where you're going. You can't find a different path to the destination until you know where the destination 
is. And even when you're not necessarily talking about the negative things you have to overcome to truly discover your purpose, what about talking about the best strategies, the greatest way to use your energy and time, the greatest way to to, uh, use your resources and relationships to serve this purpose? All of these questions and ideas will never bring you answers unless you first understand what the common denominator is. And in this case, for a Christian, the common denominator is, what does God expect from me in my life? What has God designed me for? What does that look like practically in my life day to day? We talked a little about this in our Easter series. For those of you who are faithful listeners and checked into the Easter series, thank you for staying tuned in. But I want to take you back to Genesis 1. This world was shaped and formed with certain functions. And it appears as you go through the scripture that God created this world to share his control and ruling authority with us, his creation. For some reason, he absolutely delights in the idea of using us humans to accomplish his purpose. Does he need us? Of course he doesn't need us. He is God and he doesn't need anything handed or given to him. He doesn't need anyone to give him a hand in accomplishing his purpose. As Colossians 1 puts it, he is before all things and everything in this universe is held together through him and by him. He doesn't need anything because he already has everything. So if God desires to use us to accomplish his will, but yet he doesn't need us to accomplish his will, then this means he desires to be creative through us, not make us like robots that are necessary for him to get his job accomplished. There must be beauty in this for him. There must be great satisfaction and meaning in it for him. It is greater than just doing something through us. He is communicating to the rest of creation something that he desires to be known. In other words, he is displaying his great love and justice through his creation by using us to reflect his image and steward his presence and authority. This makes sense when you look at it from this perspective because this world was created and shaped much like someone would do if they were building a temple for the presence of their God to dwell. The only thing is there's only one true true God and this one true God formed their own temple because it was his desire to dwell amongst his people. It wasn't our plan first, it was his. This looks very different when you compare this with the countless other gods that we learn about in the ancient Near East through archaeology and and, and historical records. We learn that these gods could care less about sharing moments or emotions with people. People were only around to serve their needs, but that's not at all like the God of the Bible that we have come to know. Now, we all know the story of what went wrong in Genesis, and we see every day the results of this downfall of humanity. But let's start with the beginning, and let's build from the facts. God designed us. He designed you, his humans, his creation, to display his purpose in this life. He designed us to display his image in this world. And he designed us to steward and rule this planet by governing it according to his culture. Love, justice, and all that is right was packed into his purpose. And it was our design. It was our job to reflect and steward this into this world. So what happens when this all falls apart? 
What happens when everything goes wrong? What happens when everything is not how it should be? What we see taking place in the Bible from the Old Testament to the New Testament is not a random collection of odd stories that sometimes makes God look really, really mad and sometimes they make him look really happy and other times it's just downright confusing. Rather, actually what we see in scripture is one fluid motion of God restoring his created world back to its original attention and restoring his beloved humans back to the original function they were designed with to display his image to display his love to display his justice by reflecting it into the world so that order would be brought back into place and that really was the mission of the covenant we read about in genesis or the exodus from Egypt, or the promises carried down throughout the line of God's chosen people. God was consistently working out his plan of restoring his presence back to his people and restoring his people back into his presence so that they could have effectively and correctly reflect his image back into the world and steward it with the wisdom that only he could provide. Right before Jesus ascended to the Father, he had appeared to his disciples in his resurrected body to assure them that he was indeed alive. He was who he said he was, and that's the reason why he reappeared, and that they still very much had a mission to accomplish, even though that they would no longer physically see him the way they had before. Jesus was showing them something and telling them that they had a mission to carry, out, to carry on. He wasn't leaving them alone. He was leaving them with the mission. He said in Matthew 28, 19 through 20, Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. His command to the disciples was to go spread the powerful messaging, good news of his kingdom, and to build and equip communities of kingdom people by teaching them what Jesus taught and how to impart this kingdom power into others by doing the same. When you look at your own purpose in life as connecting directly with God's purpose in human history, then you see that we very much have a crucial role to play in all of this. God has launched a new age. He has left us a promise of a new heavens and a new earth. And it is in this new creation that he is going to fill it with people who live, breathe, think, and speak like the kingdom of God. There's not going to be one stain of sin or death left to be found. That is why John wrote in Revelation 21, And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Look, God's dwelling place is now among the people and he will dwell with them. They will be his people and God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain for the old order of things has passed away. He who was seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. Then he said, write this down for these words are trustworthy and true. He is making a new Thing. He has started a new world. There is no longer any pain, death, or evil to be found in this new heaven and earth. This is what was accomplished at the cross. 
And therefore, his people must display the culture of this kingdom that we are waiting for. This is why transformation and renewal within the minds of his born-again children is so crucial. They must think and act the way the kingdom thinks and acts. God is ushering in a new reality, and he is, of course, moving how he has always intended to move, and that's through his people. So if he is moving through his people, they must resemble the mission and identity he is setting out to accomplish. And this brings us back to the individual life of a Christian. The anomaly of the kingdom agenda is that all of God's people collectively unite to make one body and they collectively unite to accomplish one purpose, God's purpose. But yet they each have individual giftings and callings that play into this greater role. This is why Paul stresses unity so much in the church, because in order for the body of Christ to function properly, they must all be moving and headed in the same direction. This can only happen in unity because it's when God's people are united that they serve God's purpose and not their own. This is so crucial for a Christian to understand. Many Christians believe that they have their own calling and their own gifting and it's going to accomplish something for them, but they are not, they are not focused in on the kingdom agenda and they end up in, in, in a good effort of fulfilling their calling. They end up serving their own agendas and not the kingdom agenda. Paul wrote in Ephesians 4, As a prisoner for the Lord, then I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling that you have received, not that you have dreamed up on your own, not the calling that you have made up on your own, not the calling that you have decided would look good in your own life, but Paul said the calling you have received. In other words, the calling that you have been given. He said, be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the spirit through the bond of peace. There is one body and one spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and father of all who is over all and through all and in all. When God's people are focused on his purpose and striving for unity amongst other believers, then their individual calling and gifting is actually the most effective. When a believer doesn't focus on unity, then their gifting will cause themselves to be the main attraction and not God. But when a believer's life demonstrates and strives for unity, then it will serve to edify others. It will bring glory and praise to God's name and kingdom. That is the purpose of spiritual gifts. And that is the purpose of kingdom assignments to edify, equip, and expand the kingdom of God. Paul wrote a little later in Ephesians, So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Unity and humility are absolutely necessary in order for God's purpose and his agenda to be accomplished through his people. Unity and humility takes the self out of the equation. 
It takes the pride out of the equation. It takes the own individual desires and, and will and need to be affirmed and elevated out of the equation. And it leaves space for God's manifested presence and spirits and movement to do its greatest work. People are necessary for the kingdom purpose, but individuals are not. That's a good one. People are necessary for the kingdom purpose because God desires to use people to accomplish his purpose, but individuals are not necessary at all. God's strength and God's spirit accomplishes his purpose, not man's. Paul would wrap up this thought with a statement of unity and love within the church. He would say, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ. From him, the whole body joined and held together by every supporting ligament grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. So we can learn here that no matter what our gifting or purpose is in life, it absolutely has to serve the greater kingdom agenda, and that's to create disciple communities, kingdom communities within this world by uniting God's people in love, teaching the word of God, and displaying his love and justice while reflecting God's image back into the earth. That is the core from what every individual purpose within the kingdom is built from. If you are a Christian and your greatest purpose you have discovered in life does not line up with that core mission, then you are not serving God. You are serving your own desires and they are not lined up with God's kingdom. Your purpose as a Christian will never undermine undermine, excuse me, the mission of Jesus. I'll say it again. Your purpose as a born-again believer will never undermine, will never be contrary to the mission of Jesus. It will never stray away from it. It will always support, complement, and further the agenda of Jesus the King. The direction and movement of the Holy Spirit in your life will never lead you against, away, or contrary to the kingdom mission of Jesus. So when you have that absolutely settled in your mind, then you are ready to move forward and deal with overcoming obstacles and emotions and fulfilling your kingdom purpose. So as you analyze your giftings, which one of them complement this mission? Which talents or abilities do you have that would help you succeed in creating spiritually mature disciples and communities and reflecting the image of God and the culture of the kingdom into this world? The gifts that you identify, the talents that you identify that uh, support this mission will directly connect you to your kingdom purpose. And from this point, you need to prayerfully consider the time and energy you spend on these. It's important to interject a kingdom principle here. There's no greater way to model God's love and values into this world than a well-nourished and loved family model. A husband and wife who love, respect each other, and are committed to their children reflecting God's love and values, there's nothing greater that could, that could support and display God's culture than that. Family is important to God. I'll put it like this. 
Nothing can enhance and promote God's reputation as being good like a loving, godly family. However, on the contrast, nothing can hinder and negatively affect God's reputation as being good like a Christian family that does not display love, respect, or commitment. As a minister or Christian leader, if your family is not well loved, respected, and cherished, then your witness and ministry is doing more damage than it is good, no matter how successful you may appear. That being said, it is very important for God's people to look at their time spent. First, their family must be in order. First, their family must be well loved and, and, and cared for and being discipled themselves. But there's time that you have in this world that you need to look at how you're spending it. Are you making the most of it? Are you using your energy and resources to bring a return back into the kingdom? After you analyze your talents and you analyze your time, you are now ready to prayerfully consider and request further direction from God. You will hit a point in this journey that you must begin to take steps and put them into action. In other words, you'll hit a point where you just have to walk it out. Maybe you've hit a point where you already understand your giftings. You know your calling. Your, your, your family is, is serving the Lord. You, your, your focus is, is, is moving forward in your kingdom agenda. There hits a point where you, you just have to walk it out. If you're a gifted teacher, gather some people and start teaching what you know. This will push you to study, and as you learn more, you begin to teach more. Even if it's just one person who's listening to you, or a hundred, or a thousand, take your gift and put it into action. Maybe your gift is serving. Find a local Christian community and plug in. Maybe find a community that is in need. They, maybe it's a community that's not even Christian. Begin to fill a need. Begin to display the love of God. Start finding a need and filling it. If a neighborhood needs to be cleaned, grab some tools and get to cleaning. If there are families in need, raise some money and start feeding them. Maybe your gift is leadership. Start looking for missions around your area that could use organization or use your gifts in that area. This, of course, is just a few of, of countless examples of, of how you can serve and use your giftings, but I think you get the point. Your purpose, though, will always be directly connected to the core mission of God as discovered in the Bible. And when you build from there, you will begin to see the miracles and power of God come to life like you have never before, like you have never before seen. Now, it's important to understand and know that you can be completely focused on the mission. You could even understand your giftings, but still be weighed down by obstacles along the way. And this is what I want to address as we close up this last episode. How do we deal with these obstacles? Obstacles can include people. Hey, you don't need me to tell you that people can just mess things up in your life. People can just mess your emotions up, your circumstances up. I mean, nobody can mess life up quite like people. They just do it so well, don't they? But some of these obstacles we have are people. They're our own emotions. They're life circumstances or trials. Matter of fact, the more you are walking in your kingdom purpose, the more it seems like the opposition and trials become more prevalent. This is why Paul tells us in Galatians 6, 9 to not grow weary in doing good for others. 
He wrote this closing up his letter as he was promoting a lifestyle of being led by God's spirit and doing good for others in this world. Paul understood that there is a darkness that the people of God will come up against as they promote the kingdom agenda in a world that is opposed to God. This darkness embodies the systems and principalities of power that's ruling the world systems, and it's completely opposed to the evangelistic and missional work of the church. Paul reminds us in Ephesians that our fight is not against flesh and blood. We do not come up up against particular humans, even though there may be certain ones in your life that are very clearly opposing you. But there is a greater force of evil that is energizing and influencing people to oppose the church and oppose your own personal life. So in order to combat that, we must fight with our spiritual weapons and not take the fight into our own hands. Here's the truth that you must understand while living to fulfill your kingdom purpose in life. You have an enemy and it comes to you in so many different forms of shape, including emotions and strongholds and, and, uh, and people opposing you, disease and sickness, etc. In order to identify the source and not be overwhelmed by all the opposition that you're facing in life, you must take your eyes off the situation and get it focused on God's word. We are told very clearly about this battle, and there's a kingdom principle that we must master if we're to walk in victory and overcome these obstacles. In 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 4 and 5, Paul addressed this very thing by telling us that we don't fight this battle with our own weapons or hands, but we have divine weapons given to us from the Holy Spirit, and they have divine power to demolish any strongholds in our life. He, tell us, he tells us to demolish any thought in our our mind opposed to God and submit it to Jesus. In other words, Paul is telling us that if we can win the battle in our minds, then we will clearly navigate our lives in the victory that Jesus purchased for us at the cross. So rather than focusing on the situation itself, we must submit our minds completely to God's word and any thought that is not lined up with it, we pull it down and we replace that thought with the truth of God's word. If you feel like you're mentally unstable at times, take that lie from the enemy and replace it with 1 Corinthians 2.16. You have the mind of Christ because his spirit lives in you. If you feel like you are too weak to endure a certain temptation, take that lie from the enemy and replace it with 1 Corinthians 10.13. God is faithful to never let you be tempted beyond what you are able to endure, and he has surely provided the way of escape for you and has given you the strength to go that route. You just have to use it. If you feel like you don't have a kingdom purpose, pull that lie down from the enemy and replace it with Ephesians 4.16. You are a part of the body of Christ and Jesus himself has given you gifts that are laced with purpose to further equip his church and support it. You are needed. You are valuable to the overall kingdom mission to this world. So we see that when a mind is submitted to God's word, then that person is able to navigate through the obstacles that come up and press through not getting knocked off course. When someone opposes you specifically, there are promises in God's word that guarantee your protection and deliverance from that situation. But it's up to you to trust God in that situation and stand on his word and not waver or give up. 
Isaiah 54, 17 says that no weapon formed against you shall prosper and you will refute every tongue that accuses you. This is the blessing given from God to his servants. He promises that your vindication is from God and God alone. He will fight your battles for you. He will prepare a table for you before your enemies. He is actually very skilled at that. He does very well at turning things around. People cannot stop God's work in your life. Only you can. And you do that by not trusting him. So submit your mind, submit your heart, submit your soul to God by trusting in him, learning his, learning his word and replacing bad thoughts with God's truth. This will clear your mind and take your focus off the obstacles that you don't need to worry about and allow God's spirit to do its perfect work without you getting in the way trying to fix it on your own. You have a greater purpose in your life that extends beyond your own giftings, and that is to display the goodness and power of God and not your own. If every time you get into a situation or come against an obstacle and you are fighting against it in your own strength, then what are you displaying? Are you displaying the power of God by trusting in Him and allowing His presence to do His perfect work? Or are you displaying your own strength and ability by trusting in yourself and moving in your own wisdom and understanding? For anyone who truly wants to live out their kingdom purpose, they must discipline their minds to not depend upon their own understanding, but to look to God for guidance, direction, power, and provision. Proverbs chapter 3 verse 5 and 6 tells us not to trust in our own understanding, but to trust God first. Acknowledge Him in all of our ways and He will direct your steps. As Christians, we all have different giftings given to us from God. We all have a role to fulfill and they all look different from others. But when we get super clear and focused on the overall mission of the kingdom that we are a part of, then it makes it so much easier to navigate that purpose in our own life. There are no lone rangers out here. There are no individual agendas, at least not serving the king. There's plenty of lone rangers. There's plenty of individual agendas in this world. It doesn't take a whole lot to identify that, but none of them are serving God's kingdom. There's only one agenda. That's the agenda of Jesus. As children of God, as the body of Christ, we all are united under one agenda, one mission, one kingdom, one spirit. Our roles as Christians is to grow into maturity by learning who God is, reflecting his value and image into this world while walking in love and in turn gathering the worship and praise of the entire creation and reflecting it back up to him through sacrificing our own lives by worshiping the king and serving him and others for his sake and not our own. As we mature as believers, our role turns into a multiplication role where we fulfill the Great Commission, creating disciple communities to live out the same role in their own life. And as each individual Christian fulfills their own calling in life, they work to serve this greater purpose and ultimately God's plan of restoring His presence back to His creation is fulfilled. We each have a role to play. 
We each have a gift to use, but none of us have a purpose that strays from the ultimate purpose of the gospel. God is restoring his presence back to the world and desires to live amongst a nation of people who love and fear him, walking in his ways and live a lifestyle of worship and praise as they reflect his image and values into the world. And you listening to this podcast, you, wherever you are, in your car, in your office, in the gym, you have a part in this. And I want to encourage you to keep the main thing, the main thing. Get your mind focused on the overall mission of the kingdom. Get your mind focused on what God has done through Jesus and what he set out to do in Genesis. When you understand the Bible and what God set out to do and has ultimately accomplished in Jesus, then your own purpose in life will become crystal clear. Identify your gifts and talents that serve this greater purpose and begin to prayerfully use them for his glory and allow your mind to be submitted to God's word so that you can navigate obstacles along the way. And when you move forward in God's strength, being led by his spirit and not your own strength, he leads you into all truth and will direct your steps. You are valuable And I'm praying that God gives you the wisdom and direction that you need to identify your giftings and gives you the courage to walk out into your purpose and calling in life. There's no greater joy than knowing your life is being used by God to reach people who are broken, lost, and without hope. When you commit your life to serving His agenda, everything you do is being used by God to bring people into his kingdom. I hope this series has been encouraging to you, no matter what your gifts or talents are. Get in the game. Submit your mind and soul to God's word and don't be afraid to step out. You can make mistakes and that's totally fine. Don't think you have to be perfect in what you do. Again, you are displaying God's light and strength, not your own. So walk it out. And God's spirit will empower you for the work he has called you to. And I believe that as you do this, God is going to blow your mind with what he can accomplish through the life of someone who has submitted to him and believing for something greater than themselves, no matter the circumstance or obstacle. As always, I'm praying for you. And I'm believing with you that God is moving in your life and he is going to use what he has revealed to you to push you forward into the life that God has designed you to live. I believe it. And as you use God's word as your navigation tool and as you allow the Holy Spirit to direct your steps, trust him, believe him, Walk out your calling with the kingdom mission as your complete focus and you will be on track to walking out your purpose in life. We'll see you next week. Thank you for tuning in to the Michael Carroll Discipleship Podcast. Make sure to share this episode with your friends and also follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at mcarrollnow. Have a great day. Until next time.